So today we've got Eric from Greed Goddess. These guys produce a, a very, very nice and useful growing cabinet for you guys. They are going to be discreet and they're going to be able to be out and about for people who may not necessarily promote or support the use of cannabis, but they may not be able to be aware of exactly what's going on in that cabinet. And if you look in the back of his corner, it looks like he's got a couple of them sitting right there to actually give us a little view of them. So we'll uh, give Eric the floor right now to go over a little bit of a breakdown of what these cabinets do and what uh, they do at Green Goddess. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, so I am Eric Robichaud with Green Goddess Supply. Uh, so we started off as a manufacturer of smoke shop accessories. We have a catalog with about uh, 300 SKUs of products. Um, we're pretty well known for wood products like rolling trays, storage boxes, key sifters, things like that, um, metal pipes, glass pipes, uh, grinders, and you know all that kind of fun stuff. So everything you'd get in a smoke shop or in a dispensary for consumption uh, products, you know, glass stuff, et cetera. And then of course, the crown jewel in our product line is we call it the armoires, the home grow system. And basically um, where the armoire um, started was uh, my business partner, Vincent, Vincent Patetti, um, is that, you know, longtime forever expert grower. Uh, he's out in California, been doing it since the 70s. He actually originally went to school, went to college for botany and plant morphology. So, I mean, he's, he's done breeding and, you know, you, you name it. Um, and people would come to him and ask him, you know, friends would be like, oh, I know you know how to grow, you know, hey, uh, can you just, I just want one plant, you know, just, just if I just got one plant just from, for personal use, you know, that's all I really need. Can you teach me to grow? And, and anybody who, who's really good and does a lot of growing can probably relate to this. You're like, oh, where do I even start? You know, where, where, where do you even start? You know, it, it is, it's complicated. It's, it's not simple. So he would, he would always kind of uh, defer on that, be like, God, yeah. so he started thinking about, well, what if I built a growth system and what if I were able to eliminate all the variables and just, you know, and after about seven years, we've ended up with what we've got here uh, with the armoire. Um, so what we did was we developed a grow cabinet, a grow system that's completely different than tents, you know, mylar tents and that sort of thing, completely different. Um, first of all, it's designed to be um, for personal use. So anybody, you know, if you, people are trying to grow and sell, no, then you're, you're getting, you know, at worst case tents or probably even grow rooms and things like that. You know, that's a whole other thing. It's just for personal use. Um, it's not to sell, it's not black market, it's not to make money on the side, that sort of thing. The philosophy is different. What we do, um, we have a protocol that um, we usually recommend people um, grow from seed and grow autoflowers. Um, and we can point them in the, in the right direction for good quality genetics. I mean, there are really great genetics these days out there. It's come a long way just in the, in the last several years. Um, and uh, I mean, I've had some strains. I got a test. I had one tested at 30%, you know, on my autos, you know, with THC and so forth. Um, and so the thing though, is they grow really fast. Most strains are like in a 60 to 70 day, you know, sort of um, start, I mean, from sprout to harvest, you know, boom, every other month you flip in a plant and we get great results with this. Like be, with all the things we've done, we can circle back and talk about this a little bit later, but with everything that we've done, um, between the hardware and our protocol, you know, we're not getting an ounce. We're getting like anywhere four, five, six. We have people pulling eight ounces of the pop out of uh, every, you know, 60, 70 days, half pound. 
So for personal use, people want half a pound or even a, a QP, you know, every, every other month, there's plenty for personal use. It's, it's a different mentality than a tent where you have to grow, you know, four, six, eight, 12 plant. You, you, you're growing, you only have like one or two growth cycles a year. You have to grow a shitload of it and carry you over. This, you have to grow a, a popping a, a, a plant every, every, you know, 60 days. You don't need to grow a lot of them all at once. So it makes it also sustainable. You're not in trim jail for the next, you know, half your life, you know, trimming up like, you know, 12 plants. And um, it's easy to maintain for, for, for one person doing it personally. Um, it's got an ergonomic design and I will take it over. I'll take, I'm on a laptop. I can move and I'll take you over, but you can see there, there it's up on feet. It's got an ergonomic design. So you can literally pull up a chair and sit at it if you want to work in it. Um, and, um, and that's done on purpose because uh, um, a big demographic for us um, is um, we kind of got like a little bit of a donut hole. We have the, um, the, the 20, 30 something crowd, um, the millennials, DIY type, um, and then we've got the top end, we have like the baby boomers and the retirees who are, it's medical. Um, and, um, and for them, you know, they like to pull up a chair and just sit down and, you know, if they're going to work on the plan or do anything. So it's got an ergonomic design. Um, and what we did was it's, it's got our own proprietary light. I'm happy to show you that again as well. Awesome. Um, it's, it's got our own light. Um, that's designed, this is all about designing, uh, uh, designed to, um, to, to grow in a small confined space. This is something that, you know, if you live in, like, in a city, if you're living in New York City, you're in Manhattan, you're in, you know, Chicago, Boston, wherever, LA, you know, if you're in a city and you're in an apartment, you got a thousand square foot or 1200 square foot apartment or so a 900 square foot apartment, you don't have attics, you don't have basements. I mean, you're not putting a tent in the middle of your living room, um, but you can put that in your living room. So it's designed, we call it the armoire because it's designed to look like an old French armoire, a, a freestanding clothing cabinet. Um, so it's, um, it's designed to be discreet. It's kind of a stealth box. Um, I have people come in here. I'm doing this from home today. This is my living room. I have people all the time come in here. I have a few of them right now because I'm also testing prototypes and stuff. But normally I have the one cabinet here in my living room. Uh, and if I don't know how people feel about weed, I don't say a word. They come in, they have no idea. They just come and go and have no idea what's in this box. Uh, you can stick it in a corner. Uh, we have lots of photos from our customers where they have just in a corner of the living room, you know, behind the chair and the couch or whatever, and um, total stealth box. So it's designed to be stealthy, super simple. About 95% of our customers have never, ever grown before. Now we have some who, who are, we have some grown photos in it. We have some do, doing all kinds of cool stuff. Um, going to town in it, you know, that's great. Um, if you want to freestyle at the end of the day, it is just, uh, an enclosure with lights and fans, you know, so you, you can go to town, um, and freestyle, but 95% of our customers buy it because it's easy. They just follow our process. We've, because it all comes as a full kit, um, everything just is tuned to work together. If you follow our protocol, basically it's like water it once a day and, and like a house plant, you know, water it once a day and you, you're going to get top shelf weed. So another, you know, so the, the exact reason that Vincent invented it, we also get a lot of referrals where growers who have tents and all that stuff. And then the friends come along like, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, I want to grow. Get it. They're like, yeah, go get one of those. <laughs> it's just like, there you go. Go get one of those. You're all set. <laughs> um, so we get a lot of referrals from people who, who are in the grow space, but have the friends and family that aren't and they just refer it off. 
Um, so yeah, I'm more than happy to go over and give you some demos. I got, I got two different ones going. The one in the middle is not going right now. I've got two on the sides that are going. Um, one's got a, a, a little plant that's maybe about a week or two old, nice little uh, veg bush going there. And then the other one is actually um, probably looking a little sad right now. I did the flush and all that stuff and I'm like, um, it's, it's, it's in, I'm getting ready to trim it off and harvest it now. Oh, nice. um, so everything's, you know, I've been starving it for water and drying it out and all that stuff. So it's going through that last final death throes, but, uh, but I'll be happy to show you what I got going. Absolutely. Um, Let's take a look yeah. at those. Yeah. Let's walk over there. I'm going to... All right. So the, um, I'll show, I'll show you the one that's close to finish. Now this is gummy beers from Atlas seeds. Um, and I've been trimming, like I said, I, it's, it's dying off. I, I, I starved it for some water and stuff. I flushed it and then I let it sit for a couple of days and dry out. And so it's, the leaves are looking a little sad now, but that's by design. I'm tonight. I'm literally just trimming all the stuff off. Um, I'm going to do a, I, I do a live trim. Oh, nice. And then I'll chop it and oh, sticky, sticky. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll chop it and, and, and dry it. So this is the, the unit. It's got, from the inside, you can see the big external fan. It's got a carbon scrubber. The carbon scrubber is oversized. Um, that's rated for about four times more cubic uh, square foot. Nice. Um, so it's, it's plenty. Um, I just replaced my carbon scrubber for the first time after two years. Wow. Uh, I, had, I was running one. It was two years. And then that was enough. I'm starting to get some, some smell now. So I swapped yeah. it out in the smells month. So there's no smell at all. Um, you know, with the carbon scrubber, um, there's a, um, Oh, I think you're muted. Did I hear me? No, there you go. I can hear you now. It just cut out there for a second. Yep. There's a, um, um, there's an LCD control in the back. I was just trying to activate it. Show you, um, that gives you your, your, your temperature, humidity readout. Sorry if I'm moving too much. Um, gives you a temperature, humidity readouts, controls the fan and all that stuff up in, up in the corner there. Um, and then you've got uh, all, the, all the space here. You've got your internal fans. And uh, I don't know how, how well you can see that. So, and you can use fabric or plastic pots in there? Because it looks like you've got a fabric one right now. Yep, yep. We, yep. You can obviously, again, once you get it home, you can do whatever you want. And then see, so you close it up and boom, nothing. Nice. Um, I, uh, you can use whatever you want once you get home, obviously. Right. Um, but for, um, we recommend the cloth pots. Um, we use some sort of, um, we just say it like, uh, hydroponic principles. It's in soil. It's not hydro. It's not all water-based, but we use hydroponic principles and, and use, um, the cloth pots, ear pruning cloth pots, um, it, uh, we find that especially because this is all tuned for beginners who just want a very simple, just water it once a day and you're done kind of approach that uh, the cloth pots make it not impossible, but it makes it harder to overwater. Um, it makes it harder to drown the plant, especially if the roots can, you know, start popping out through the sides and they can still get oxygen and stuff. You're not drowning in. It just gives us a little bit more variability for, for that novice who doesn't know what they're doing. Um, and um and we do get healthier, bigger plants because you don't, it's not root bound in the plastic. Um, you know, they can, they're, they can come out the sides of the pots and stuff. And okay. we find that, you know, that gives a, I don't know the percentages, but you know, 10% and 20%, it gives a little goose and yields and stuff we find. Um, this one's a uh, prototype unit we're, we're playing around with, but I'll just show you. Uh, similarly, um, got a nice little uh, 
nice little healthy plant going there. She's maybe, uh, I don't know, 10 days old or so. And I'm testing water meters, so I've got like four of them in there. <laughs> you don't usually grow with water meters, but with that many water meters, but I'm just testing water meters and playing with that. Um, this is always my like R&D lab, you know, yeah. always, I'm always playing, testing, working on new stuff. Um, this is our light. Um, it's our own proprietary light. Um, it's designed for growing in um, confined spaces. It's got the, the two side panels are individual LEDs and those are 12 spectrum. So it's kind of like your blurple lights, if you will, where it's like the specific spectrum the plant wants. Um, and then in the middle are the, uh, these new age um, um, kind of state-of-the-art cob lights. Um, and uh, the cob lights are full spectrum. And then we have, what we did was we put, um, instead of the old on-off switches, we actually have dimmer knobs so that um, with this light, you can control and the, the amount of light. And usually, um, uh, and it's, it's a high, highly efficient, energy efficient light, incredibly energy efficient, uh, especially with those cobs, um, which are even, you know, an order of magnitude more uh, efficient than the, uh, the blurple, you know, the individual traditional LEDs. And um, so the whole light, if you had it cranked at full power runs 160 watts, but it's the equivalent of a more traditional, like three to 400 watt LED um, in terms of power output. What we did was we designed our own because we couldn't find something that worked and did exactly what we wanted that would work in a small confined space where heat's an issue, you know, heat output and all that. Um, we wanted the maximum amount of power of light output you know, radiation and energy output um, with the minimal amount of, of energy usage and, and heat output. So, um, and we couldn't find something exactly, there were, there were some that kind of, you know, met those kinds of ratings, but they were a lot bigger footprint. They didn't, they wouldn't fit in the box. There are others, they would be too hot running in the enclosed space, all these different issues. So we just went out and, uh, and designed our own. And, um, and then we put it on dimmers. So most people are running, like right now, I go back and I can look and I tell you exactly, but I'm probably running around 50, maybe 60% at most on both knobs. Um, so I'm running at like 80 watts, but I get like 2000 part of that plant. I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. I, 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 can, I can hit that thing with a lot of radiation. Um, so I usually keep it about, um, I usually like to do, uh, about 1200 par or so about a thousand, 1200 par to the plant. Well, we, we, we try to go a little on the higher side. We, we cut part of our protocol is kind of over radiated a little bit. Um, you get, you get bigger buds, yeah. you know, you get, you get more yield. Um, you know, there's a, obviously too, there's a fine line that, uh, you know, too much and you just burn the plant, kill it, you know? So th there's that, that fine line of pushing the envelope, but not crossing the line. Exactly. You want, even like when you're doing the nutrients, you want to get right to where the tips are burning and dial it back. That's how you right. find the optimal nutrient level when you're using bottle, bottled nutrients or anything like that. So <coughs> talking about that, do you guys send um, like a recommended nutrient or do you send one with the cabinet when they. So actually we have this all dialed in we have a protocol that we've developed that we give that when the people buy it they get a user manual it's got a whole protocol in it and our protocol we 
because see, we control the environment. It's, it, it, this is a lot harder to do in tents and other situations where you don't know what light they have. You don't know what tent, what size tent, where they have a vent ventilation. They, there's so many variables, right? And then especially if people doing photos, that's a whole other thing. What we're doing in the box is we're saying we control all of the hardware. So you don't have to, like, we know what light's in there, what the, the size, the, how many cubic feet of, of airspace and how many, and we know the fans and how many cubic feet per minute it's circulating and moving and all of that. We know all that math and everything and we can control it all. So one of the things we do is uh, we have this all balanced and, and trying to develop this box originally, it was like a game of whack-a-mole and it literally took years Um um, it's not just like, oh, grab some cabinet. Like we'll do trade shows. Some people are like, oh, I took an old cabinet and, you know, built one of those. I'm like, and yeah, I roll my eyes a little bit. I'm like, all right, great. You know, how's that working out for you? Oh, no, I don't use that anymore. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was too hot. It was burning planes. I'm like, right. Okay. Yeah. So it's not the same thing, <laughs> you know? Um, but uh, it was like whack-a-mole. You have one issue, you fix it. It creates another problem. You fix that problem. It creates another problem. You know, it's like, there's, um, there's, um, uh, you know, the light is too hot in the box. Like, okay, so put in a bigger fan. Well, now it's too noisy. Okay, back off on the fan. Well, now it's too hot or I got this or I got that. Or I got, you know, uh, so, you know, all right, we'll go with a, a, a lower energy light. Okay, well, now we're getting dinky plants. It's not strong enough. Ugh, yeah, and just all this tuning of that ecosystem. And we got that all worked out. And part of it was, like I said, we had to develop our own light to just kind of dial that into exactly what we wanted. The... Um, so part of our protocol is we tell people to grow, grow autos, at least to start. Once you know what you're doing, you want to start freestyling later, go for it. And we do have customers doing that from beautiful photos and stuff. Great. But start off with an auto and we give them their first pot. We suggest a certain size pot and we suggest that they use uh, super soils. So if you're growing an auto part of part of the, the 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 magic with all this stuff if you will it's how we balance all these things and if you follow our process and do what we say generally speaking there's no nutrient issue you water it once a day like a house plant and you're done if you get a super if you start with a super soil because you're growing um an auto that's going to be done in 60 70 days you can you can get a super soil with the right size pot. So people will ask us, well, I know you shipped, uh, you know, like we ship five to kind of, they're oversized. It's like a five, but really you get about six gallon, you know, kind of a six, officially it's rated a five, five gallon pots. People are like, well, can I grow into three? Well, you can do whatever the hell you want. You know what I mean? Yeah, but 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 I'm telling you, here's how to do it if you just want it to work, you know? If you grow in a three gallon pot, you're not gonna have enough soil with enough nutrients. You're gonna start running out of nutrients. Then you have to feed it and you have to supplement, you know, the five gallon pot, bigger, bigger root ball, bigger yield. Um, and you have more, more, um, soil with more nutrients. That'll be enough that, um, we rarely ever find that it's a problem as far as, uh, running out of nutrients. Uh, it's only if you're doing a real, like a super auto, like 120 day strain or something that then you can, you, know, you need to supplement. Oh yeah. And I, and that's the one thing that a lot of people who are getting into growing that don't understand the difference between photos and autos is, Photos, you want to wait until they have the full root system set up before you flip them over into flower because you need that root system to uptake all the nutrients to create the flowers that you have. Where autos, right. they're doing both at the same time because flowering usually starts at week three. Like right, they're right. still stretching and they're putting flower on at the same time. So it's you're, you're dealing with a different nutrient pathway for the plant. 
Right. It's a little different. Right. Exactly. And that's where like we talk about like pre-flower, you know, and it's funny, like, you know, it's always funny, like too on the internet where everything's a click away and whatever, and people make a lot of assumptions or they don't know what you're doing. You know, so people look at us and be like, your light's too close. You're going to burn your plants. I'm like, thanks, bud. But no, it's not because this is designed for this. This is yours. Yeah. If it's your light, I, you're right. <laughs> but, but ours is designed for this. You know what I mean? It's designed to work this way because we're growing in a confined space. This whole thing is only like 48, 50 inches tall. You know, it's, I mean, I, I can show you for a second here when I stand next to it. Yeah. They're not, they're not yeah. huge cabinets. You know, it's, it's, it's basically four foot, you know, it's a little four, like a four foot cabinet. Um, and it's, and it's two by two It's 24 inches square footprint. So you're growing in a confined space. So we teach people LST, you know, low stress training techniques. One of the things that's different about with the armoire is that we will teach you to grow. We have dedicated concierge specialists that are, that just, that's all they do all day is they're available to get on zoom calls, walk you through, look at your plant, diagnose problems, help you through things. Um, you know, again, when you buy tents and stuff, you're on your own yeah. with the armoire, you have broken, uh, grow consultants to, uh, to help you and, and work you through your grows. Um, and, um, we, um, we have, uh, we have a concierge, a, a long-term people can buy long-term concierge service, but we give everybody 90 day free concierge, full-blown free concierge service for 90 days, gets you through your whole first grow, go through the whole process. We'll get on a zoom call. We'll show you how to do LST. We'll do all that stuff and work you through it. Usually once people have gone through it once and they, oh, okay, I get it now, you know? Um, and it's not to say we're not here to answer questions. We e emails and phone calls, we'll answer questions and stuff, um, you know, for sure. Absolutely. Um, but we have dedicated support for this and we'll actually handhold people through the process and show you it's, we, we've dumbed it down to be as simple as absolutely possible. Um, but like, that's why we have the light on, uh, on winches, you know, so you can raise and lower as the plant grows, you can raise and lower the light, keep it within a certain distance from the canopy um and um, um to get that maximum power value to that plant and so that was you know people comments we see is like are you gonna burn your plant i'm like no you're light we would but no this is fine this is designed for this the other one um as we said we talk about pre-flower and sometimes i'll have people like there's no such thing you're stupid blah 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 i'm like we're talking about autos autos do have that weird in-between phase that that Photos generally don't, but, but, and they're used to growing photos and this stuff. Oh, it's in veggie, it's in flower. There's no such thing. I'm like, well, autos do. Autos have this weird transition, transitory period. Yeah. There. So, you know, that week where the photos, they just do nothing when you switched over to flower. Autos don't have that. That's right. the pre-flower of autos. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so like you said, two and a half to week four. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's basically, you know, in broad strokes, it is kind of it's, you know, four weeks of veg and then four weeks of flower. But when you get a little closer and you start looking in more detail, there is that one, like you said, up to three weeks, three or whatever, three and a half weeks or whatever. And then like from three and a half to four and a half is this trans transitory thing. And you see like the flat, they look a little different. They uh, they, ha they have not the white like stigmas and stuff and but but kind of like green like like pistols kind of coming out and they, and and it's, it is distinctive you can see like oh they're in pre-flower now for a few days and then all of a sudden the buds start popping you see the, the pistols and the stigmas and all that stuff popping yeah exactly um, and there's some genetics with that pre-flower where you can do the training on it and you can do a little topping and the genetics love it and then there's other ones where you do not touch it or the entire plant is going to turn away and right, it's right. a sensitive period that the more you grow autos, the more you'll get better with it. 
Right. Yeah. And that's why we usually tell people around three weeks, around date 21 from Sprout um, to, to, to call us. And we usually have them reach out. We say, you know, text us the photo or call us or email us a photo. Let us see how it is. Because, you know, they're all a little different. Sometimes, you know, that, you know, they sprout at the same day in two different plants, you know, one's ready, one's not, you know I mean? It's just, it's, it's nature, right? So it's, it's, you know, they're all depending on the strains and, but even the same strain, just the phenotype, you know, just how it expresses itself. Sometimes they're just a little different. So, you know, we, so we say, I send us a picture. We look at it and go, yeah, it's not ready yet, but probably like three days, call us on Saturday or, you know, whatever. Um, and, um, but what we'll do is um, we watch this usually around as a rule of thumb around day 21, three weeks, that's when we want to do the LST. While it's still in veg, it's still very supple, hasn't started flowering. Because once they start flowering, then they start stiffening up. The, yes. the, the branches stiffen, and then you're going to be just snapping everything. Um, so around day 21, when it's as big as possible, like my little girl in there, um, I probably have another week to go. And then I'm going to start bending her over and, and, and you know, contorting her. And we, what we do is we ship uh, bamboo steaks. We oh, give nice. you steaks um, so that... Um, you can put the stakes in, pull the plant open and so forth and create all these new tops. Um, and we teach you how to do that. We, we've developed our own um, technique. We call it the ring of fire technique. And literally, if you look down, you get like concentric circles of, of buds um, all growing and we fill it out. And we'll get anywhere from 15 to 25, you know, colas going. That's, yeah, I was, I was just going to ask you whether you use like the low stress training clips or if you've looked at using those in these armoire chests, as opposed yeah, to so, bamboo, we have we have people using those. Uh, we do have people using those. We do the sticks because it gives us a little bit more flexibility. You know, we're shipping this cabinet to just everyone in the world um, using every manner of genetics you can imagine. You know, we can't control all that. So we found that the bamboo stakes were the lowest common denominator that just kind of works across the board and gives a little more flexibility. Um, but we do have people using the, um, um, using the, the, the clips or, you know, like those, those like 90 degree bendy clips and stuff. Yeah. That's good for certain things, but there are other times we have to do, we call them interventions because again, we're dealing with the public. So we have people who don't follow directions. We have people who like, you know, they're, they're, they're in the full-blown flower. The, the plant is like, and they grew a sativa. So it's a tall growing leggy thing. They never did any stress training. And, you know, they're like at week six and they're like, Oh, Hey, it's out. They call us up. Yeah. Hey, uh, I got buds. that are like up against the light is, you know, lights all the way up. It's up against the thing. And, you know, what do I do? And we're, like, we call them interventions. And we're looking like, well, dude, you should have stress trained this three weeks ago. Matter of fact, and it was some of them. It's even like, Hey, let me scroll back here. Remember this conversation here, an email or text or whatever, three weeks ago, and we said, all right, call us on Saturday. Oh, well, I got busy and whatever. I'm like, okay, well, now it's three weeks later. <laughs> so then we'll do things and like, and we're like, all right, here's what we're going to do to stress train them. And sometimes you'll have a branch that comes up and we got to bend it, you know, but you, you're not down at the, at the soil level now. Now this thing is all, so we're bending them and they're stiff and they start cracking and we're breaking them and whatever. So sometimes we want a bamboo stake. You want to bend it over and where it crosses, tie it down. But you're like, you know, 12 inches up off the, you know, and those bendy things may not work as well or whatever. So we find that, that for general broad purposes, the bamboo stakes work better. Um, but for people who know what they're doing, we have a bunch of our folks that are using the, the little clips. Um, I'm a fan. I like them. Yeah, they definitely, I haven't transitioned over to the clips, but they are definitely something that I'm looking to get going with my autos just because of the convenience of you can go down there and within that 
two and a half to three and a half week, I can add clips as the plant grows out, right? For someone who's a little bit more diligent, I have the time, I want to go and spend the time in the garden. It works perfect. But like you're saying, for the ability to do the intervention and the basic low stress training, the stakes do make more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and I'm like you, actually, you know, we have this technique, it's great for because again, 95% of the customers have never grown before. So we've just got to have a simple, just do this, it'll just work, right? As close to that sort of Ronco said it and forget it as you can get, you know, you can't get there, but as close as possible. We try to just simplify this. Uh, for myself, though, I do what you do. I, I, my stress training is an ongoing thing that's like almost daily. Like each day during that phase of a, of a week or two, that period between weeks three and five, I'm like, oh, let me bend this over. You know, then a couple of days later, it's growing. I'm like, all right, now let me move this one here. I'm like, oh, now let me do. I, I don't necessarily sit down and say, let's do stress training, and I'm done. I kind of I, I do incremental tweaks constantly for for a week or two so going with that have you ever looked at maybe implementing like a screen of green approach into these we 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 have we have um we've looked at that um and uh, we ran into some issues because it's such a small space it's such a small space that we found that uh, um trying to do that it was it was really hard and it kind of started to get in the way um, you, you don't have a lot of room to move. And the other thing is that um, because you're just in this very small fixed space, one thing that I like to do is um, I rotate my pot every day. You know, so I'm under the lights and stuff and I, I, I just, I, I rotate it. So you put in a fixed screen in there, you can't rotate the pot or anything, you know, and you might have hot spots or where the UV lights are or whatever, you know, the UV bulbs are interspersed and stuff, but you know, they might, they're a higher radiation. And, you know, when you're talking about burn and things like that, I kind of like to just, I, I, I rotate it. I always go clockwise, like, you know, yeah. 10 or 15 degrees every day. And I, I water it, do my thing, rotate it, water it, rotate it. So uh, we find that this, the, the bamboo stakes work, just work well, you know, put them in there, do your thing and you can still keep rotating it. Yeah. That's, that's interesting because with that small space, it would be, like I could see the possibility of it, but I understand where the issues come from utilizing it in there. Yeah. It's not that you couldn't, you know, but, um, but we, we looked at it, we just ran into other issues, you know, and, and also um, like when you get to flushing and stuff, like we take the pot, we just take the pot out flush and then put it back in, you know? So, so if you're taking it in and out or when we do stress training, I do my stress training right in the box. And like we said, with the ergonomic design, especially for, you know, the older crowd, you know, you can just pull up a chair, sit there and do work on it or whatever. Um, I do mine right in the box. I don't take it out when I, I do my stress and I stick my stakes in and I do my thing and I turn the bag and, you know, and, and I just do it all right in there. But we have people that, that take it out, bring it over to, you know, the kitchen counter, put it down on the kitchen counter and they're fully standing up and then they work at it like at eye level or chest level do their thing and then put it back in the box. So again, the screen of green is harder to, you know, if you're trying to take, put the plan in and out and things like that. Yeah. So, so there were, there were different trade-offs, different issues and stuff. Um, so we don't have anybody doing the, doing the screen kind of approach. Um, okay. We just use the bamboo stakes or they're using the little plastic clips. We do have people doing the clips for sure. Um, and again, just kind of continuing on with that training. Do you guys talk about like the cannabis cryotherapy at all like the the stressing and squeezing the branches to try and increase nutrient ways within your protocol at all yeah <laughs> yeah so like our 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 lst isn't just 
bending open, you know, to open the plant, which is part of it. But one of the things that we do too is we literally bend over the main stem and and crimp crack it. Nice. And we do that on purpose, you know, that and 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 our newbies are always freaking out, like, oh my God. I'm like, no, no, really, it's okay, it's okay. Um yeah, people sometimes are doing the stress training where like bend over, even a, even an offshoot will bend it and it cracks and they're like, I broke it. Well, like, it's fine. Do you have any duct tape? I'll never forget this. The first time I had, um, I was over to, with a friend and I was like, oh, you need to stress train that. You need to, you know, bend this. And, and it literally, and st- the plants cracked, it snapped. And she just looked at me. She gave me the hairy side eye. She didn't say anything. We're friends. So she didn't say anything. But I definitely got that hairy side eye. Like, like you broke the plant. No, like, you just broke with I'm like, no, no, it's fine. I'm like, do you have any duct tape? And she's looking at me like, seriously? Seriously, you're going to duct tape my plant? I'm like, I know it sounds weird, but yes, trust me. She's like, whatever. Rolling her eyes at me like, you fucking plant. Uh, went over, got duct tape, handed it to me, and I taped it all up. And uh, she was growing a photo. So it was like four months later, you know, um, and she's harvest totally forgot about it. She's harvesting. She had this righteous cola, you know, and everything. She's, like, ah, she's harvesting. And then all of a sudden she's, she's trimming it and she, and she comes across the duct tape and she's like, holy shit. She called me up, told me after. She's like, you were right. I totally forgot about it. I'm trimming it all of a sudden. What is it? The duct. Oh, it worked. You're right. I got this huge monster cola out of this thing. She goes, you were right. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> She's like, I didn't believe you. I'm like, I know. <laughs> it, it's surprising the, the nutrient knuckles that these plants can grow when they break. Like I've, I've got a photo right now that it, I did topping on it and then it ended up having the buds on it. It's split, but within that split it's regrown and it's now just a nutrient knuckle in between these two branches. So the branches are getting nothing but a high nutrient flow all the way up and they're nice, big, supple buds on top way nicer than the other ones. And it's right because of that natural little split within the plant and it taking the energy to rebuild it. It flows. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it it releases these growth hormones and stuff to heal over and all that stuff. And that stuff isn't localized to right where the, where it is. It just flows throughout the plant. Yeah, you know, anything so sudden, directly connected. Yeah, all those nutrients just start flowing, and um, you know the, those growth hormones and stuff. Um, so, so a little bit. That's again, that's like those that um, low stress versus high stress, right? That's that that there. There's a line. There's diminishing returns, you know, and all that stuff. And there's just a line there where, up to a certain amount, a little bit of stress is a good thing and grows a bigger plant. If you go too far. You know, especially with autos, autos, like that's why we generally don't do um, fimming, cropping, topping with autos. Okay. They don't have enough time to, to recover. It's not like photos. Um, you know, they, they just, you know, you don't want, if the plant has to kind of like uh, lick its wounds for a week, so to speak, you know, you don't, you don't want it licking its wounds when it should be growing, you know, um, you, when, when you only have four weeks of veg before it goes into flower, you don't want to spend a week of that, you know, healing over, you know, spending like, you know, 25% of its growth time, just healing. Um, it just, there's just not enough time to recover and get going. So you end up with stunted, but you know, that if you go too far, you end up with stunted plants. So that's why what we'll do is we'll do techniques where you just kind of crush the stems a little bit. You know what I mean? You, you just, especially when you're bending, you can, you can crush them up and down a little bit, just and then that helps them make more play and bend them over. And that helps, um, um, that's like a low stress, um, that 
is enough to make the plant go, what the fuck? And, and release its hormones and work on its, you know, repair process and all of that. Um, and same thing with cracking, it just kind of crimp like a straw when you bend it over and then it gets flat out on the sides and cracks a little bit uh, with the main stem, just a little bit. And then you stop, you know, you don't want to go too much. Full blown topping and cropping and all that stuff. Uh, they don't have enough time to recover, really. If you know what you're doing now, there are people like when you really get advanced, there are people doing mainlining and stuff like that. Like I have a guy who consistently gets half pound in the armoire with autos. He does 75 day autos in here and consistently gets half pounds. I mean, he gets these monstrous bushes, touch all four walls. I mean, just monstrous bushes. Um, and he's doing it with mainlining and, and different techniques that get a lot more aggressive. But he knows what he's doing because there's a very tight window of when you can do it and how you do it and what's too much and what's what's just right, you know, and, um, and he's been doing it for a long time. But we don't teach our newbies that stuff. We just like, yeah, just bend over the main stem, you know, do it, you know, do that a little bit. You know, all right. Enough. Yeah, that was that was the next question I had for you was topping because just this just that single top cola topping is usually the first way to introduce people to it. And I was curious whether you saved that for when they got a little bit deeper into their second, third, fourth grow on their own kind of research or whether that was something you suggested. But yeah, yeah. Answer so, that so right most, there. Yeah, most, most, of our, most of our folks, um, like I said, it's beginner stuff and they just, you know, they're just happy to do the minimal basic. Like we have customers who are like, oh my God, it's going to take two months to grow this thing. Are you kidding me? And we're looking at them like, you have no idea what it's like to grow cannabis. Like <laughs> more traditionally, this started with outdoor grows that like, you know, you're talking spring to, to October, you're talking seven month grows. And then it got speed, it sped up indoors to five month grows. And it, you know, I'm like, we're doing this in 60 days. You don't understand what you got here. This is, <laughs> this is like really fast. And it's like, a, oh, I have to water it every day. Like, yeah, like that's all you have to do. Like it takes you 15 seconds, you know, cause this one, you know, there are uh, watering systems we're playing with to automate some of that too. Oh. And we're playing, but we don't ship that in this. This is a soil system and your, what with this system, your commitment is you water it once a day. And it's not every day. Sometimes, you know, you get into this wet dry cycle, like you would skip a day and, you know, and things like that. But, but in a high level, it's like, you got to water it once a day. That's all you have to do. You don't have to start screwing any nutrients. You don't have to start. It's just, it's super simple. And even that people are like, oh my God, you mean like every day I have to water it? I'm like, dude, you want to grow weed. I mean, there's a certain level of, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, but this, you don't realize on a scale of one to 10, normally grow. If you, if you put normal weed growing at like a 10, this is a two, <laughs> you know? Yeah. This is with, especially with how strong the genetics on the auto flowering side are. Because within the last 10 years, the improvement on the autos have been crazy. Especially in the, and, and it's accelerating even the last five years. It's yeah. just like it's it's they've really dialed in how to get just get the pieces of the ruderalis that 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 affect the um, certain desirable traits like the fast grow, the auto, the auto flowering part of it, but take all the cannabinoid profile from the from the indica sativas or whatever they're crossing it with. And um, yeah, like Mephisto is doing a fabulous job. Mephisto and Night Owl. Um, there, there's just, there's a bunch of them. They're just, you know, uh, the, uh, the gummy bears that I have over there is Atlas seeds. Um, we, we do uh, Humboldt, Humboldt seeds. They've got a, a whole line of autos. I mean, they're, they're, these are professional breeders that know what the hell they're doing and have really come a long way. 
Yeah, um, I don't know if you know Dan from uh, uh, Full Duplex. From uh, uh, it was Mandalorian Genetics. Changed to Gnome, Gnome Automatics. He changed the name. Um, he's won like uh, you know Canvas Cup awards and stuff for his Blackstrap. Um, that is a phenomenal strain to grow. Big yields. The purple, real nice purple nugs. Um, they they look amazing. It's a great smoke. I've grown it myself. I got a. I got um, I got five ounces out of that one. We have people pulling up of upwards of eight on that one, uh, customers. I got five on mine, and and the smoke was fabulous. And friends, family, everyone I've given to, like everyone's loved it. Um, I'm thinking of growing another one. I generally, and that says a lot because I'm always testing and prototyping. Like these, like this one right here is actually a prototype cabinet behind me. I'm just playing with um, a rough handmade, you know, cabinet. I'm trying some different techniques and different things. And um, so when it comes to growing. You know, I'm always testing all different genetics and all different strains and, and breeders. And because, you know, I, I got to know what I'm talking about and I want to see, you know, all these different strains. And when our customers are, you know, I'm growing, you know, purple nurple, something or I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, I got. Um, so um, I'm growing all these things. So I usually grow something different every single time. I've got, like I've like this one here is a, a Humboldt Magic Melon. The little I've one. Got, I've got some Humboldt Magic Melon growing downstairs right now, too. Yep, that, that's what that little one is right there, the, 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 the little green one that I showed you. And then the other one that's, that I'm harvesting and I'm, I'm, is dying, it's in die-off mode right now, that one is um, a um, uh, Atlas Seeds. It's gummy bears from Atlas Seeds. Um, but I think I'm going to actually, when, when the gummy bears, I'm going to pull that and then I'm going to dry it. You dry right in the box too. Oh, nice. And I'll, I'll come back to that. I'll make a point about that. But when I'm done, so I've got about a week, you know, I just got to finish it out. I'm going to harvest. I'm going to flip it. I'm going to dry it. Blah, blah, blah. And when I'm all done and I'm ready to start my another, I think I'm going to do a black strap again. Because <laughs> uh, it was just really good. I just want it. <laughs> I just want some black strap. Um, you, as I was saying, you dry in the box too. Um, what we do is the light is all on clips. We unclip the light and take it out. And we take those bamboo stakes that we use for stress training stick one of them through the carabinas and you just hang the plant upside down on nice. it. In the box. And with all the fans and everything going, what we do is we unplug one of the banks of fans. So we run half the fans and then the main exhaust fan, we dial it down to about a quarter of the normal um, and do a slow, cool uh, dry. And um, it works like champ. Um, you know, you don't get any mold issues. You go, it just dries nice. It dries thoroughly. You don't get terpene bleed. I mean, it just, it, it's just perfect. Um, so you dry right in the box too. And I had one customer that, that would, that was insistent. Like, I think I want to buy a dryer. I'm like, Whoa, why do you want to go do that? Why do you want to go do that? You don't need it. You dry right in the box. Yeah. yeah, yeah but, but, but don't you think a dedicated, he had two, two, uh, um, uh, arguments. He says, well, first of all, he says, don't you think a dedicated dryer would do a better job? I mean, it's, it's specifically designed for that. I'm like, if it's dried right and dried well and dried purposefully, how can you dry it better? I mean, no, it's, it's you know, maybe there, maybe it does as equal job, but I'm not, no, I mean, it, it, it it's perfect. It, it does a great job drying in the box. I don't, I think you're wasting your money. His second point was, yeah, but I also don't want to waste that time. Like I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to get going. I'm like, dude, you're talking like three days. You know, on, on, on an overall grow, I mean, I, it's probably not going to affect anything because also there's variability to grow. One might be, I've had one go done 55 days and one took like 72. You have variability to the grow anyway. You're not going to notice like those three days. Like it's, it's not like, oh, I'm harvesting on this date, but now I'm three days late because I dried. And it's not like that. You know, it's, it's a little more. So I'm like, 
I wouldn't, you know, so he went out and he spent uh, a little over 300 bucks. It was 300 retail plus tax, blah, blah, blah. Spent about 350, bought a dedicated dryer. And a few months later, he came back and he told me, he's like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm back to drying in the box. I actually did a better job. He was like, I wasted 350 bucks. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I was just going to ask him, like, have you guys thought about building like a dedicated dryer box for, because for someone like me, where I've got my two tents, if it was like a larger box where I have something like that, where it's got the carbon filter in it and I can hang my full tent's worth of plants in there, that would be an appeal. Yes. And I can see that. That's what I'm saying. That I, I understand that thoroughly. Yeah. You got, you're growing six, 12 plants, whatever. I mean, yeah, that's a whole other thing. And I get that. For our customers who have grown in the box, there's no point having a separate dryer. You just dry right in the box. Yeah, well, no, like what I'm asking is, have you guys thought about building a dryer for the customers like me who wanted something that we could have out on display that does We have. Yeah, yeah, and we we have. We've we've got so many ideas for so many other products. Um, Storage as well. Um, I, uh, I, I've been working on designing a, a storage chest, um, that, that, you know, cause now you're growing, you know, and you're getting like big, huge warp size jar. So we're looking at selling, um, designing and selling a, a nice wood jet locking and all, you know, for all the, uh, the local state cannabis laws and all that stuff like you can grow, but you have to have it locked and all that stuff. So a nice locked chest. Um, and it comes with the jars and everything, you know, it's the big quart jars and everything else to, to, so you harvest a plant, you put them all in there. Um, you get like six jars or, or eight jars in there. Um, it's got like holders for them. So they're not banging and clanging, falling around, you know, what, what I imagined was the board with like the circle cutouts. Yeah. You stand the jar up and, you know, like, um, and then space to put extra little tools and, um, um, other stuff. And uh, you know uh, uh, bags and 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 supplies and stuff and and then it all locks and everything and a nice wood chest and everything that uh, that you could either stick in your closet or even if you had it out somewhere it creates that cool dark place it's locked and what and just looks like you know a chest or furniture and it's discreet um, so we've designed that so there's, there's all kind of, and then even with the armoire we have bigger ones we have smaller ones we have you know like double wides with two chambers you can have two plants going at the same you know in, in different phases and stuff and um so we get a bunch of other designs for other berry versions and stuff that we're working on it all just takes time and money <laughs> yeah it's got to make sure that the actual functionality of it is up to par with what you guys have already too right because right. if you've got a right. good product you've got to match the quality that's out there because if you don't that's where right. companies course, start right. having issues <laughs> right absolutely absolutely um and um and like this we have them in different colors um so we have this one here is the cherry um that one's the black the modern black um and then we have a barn board shabby chic barn board that's really cool it's kind of like this rustic you know unfinished rough hewn wood kind of look um this one is a blonde wood we're going to be coming out with a blonde wood version we don't have the shipping yet but we're going to do this kind of like you know maple or light oak kind of blonde wood look so we have different things for different uh um to match different decors um and um like i said bigger ones smaller ones um um, different price points and things like that. So got, got a lot of stuff in the works, a lot of different prototypes in the works. Yeah. I, I took a little bit of time and I checked out that barnware one. That's a real, I really like the look of that one. It is. It is. And actually um, a, a funny little anecdote on that is that um, the barn board is 
the finish that we actually used for all of our prototyping, like back from seven years ago, we're doing them by hand. And then when we were building these, we did them all with the barn board. That was the original. Um, and then when we started shipping, <clears throat> um, just because of manufacturers and supplies and what we could get and all that, we ended up shipping the cherry version first. Um, so we, we spent like four years prototyping. They were all barn board finished units. But then when we actually started shipping commercially, we didn't have the barn board at first. We had just the cherry units. Um, and then the, uh, the, and then we came out with a barn board and then the Martin black, um, pretty, you know, bang, bang, bang. But it was because of the, um, that, that veneering that, uh, we couldn't get that veneer at first. Um, and, uh, the one that we used for all our prototypes. And then eventually we, cause we're trying to find the fact we got it at retail, you know, we just bought it retail to make handmade prototypes. Um, and then we eventually found the factory that makes it and we were able to go factory direct and get it in bulk and all that stuff. And. Uh, so then we started shipping them. So most of our advertising and, and promotional materials and stuff like this, like on our catalog, they're all showing the, the, uh, the cherry because that's what we shipped first. And that's what we, the first units off the line with cherry. That's what we use for all of our photography. Um, so we were selling cherry like crazy because people buy it with their eyes. They see it. Oh, I like that. And they're buying um, but now you, you're starting to see all of the barn board out there in, in ads and stuff. Cause now we have, now that we've shipped hundreds and hundreds of them. So, um, and so now it's showing up in our photography and everything else. And the popularity of the barn board has skyrocketed. It's probably our most popular now. We probably sold more of those than we have the cherry and the, and the others. It's taken off. Yeah. And that barn board just seems to be a little bit like it fits with a lot more people's decor just with that color. Oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause it's, um, it's this kind of almost multicolored kind of, um, I, I don't know if you'll be able to see it here. I have a, I can pull up a photo and show, um, but it, yeah, it is a little more, it's, it's multicolored. Um, it's just like, there's a little, little bits of blue in it, little bits of, um, um, yellowish tints and, and all different shades and stuff. This one's a little, um, I don't know if you can see that well. There, um, that's, yeah, in, that's better. That's in someone's home. So there's like on this side, there's kind of like almost like a bluish tint, and then there's there's browns and tans, and I think I have uh, an actual catalog shot that's a little uh, brighter here. Yeah, that has that has way more color than what I was just seeing on the website. But when you've got it in somebody's home, the colors pop out a lot more too because they've got things building off of it, right? Yeah, and that one it was, you know, based on the natural light and stuff, that one had, um, uh, it was, a, a, there was a little bit of a, a, an orangish tint to the photo that's, yeah. you know. But yeah, here, here's uh, one from like five years ago. This was, a, a, and you see the barn board. This was a working prototype. It looks a little different. It's got, uh, you can see there's kind of like a molding around the outside front face. It's not there anymore. It's a little different, but that was a handmade prototype and it was all in the barn board. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, that multicolor kind of approach is definitely one I can understand why everyone's going towards because it is it is sharp. And, it, and you can, throughout the year, you can decorate it because you had what looked like a little bit more of a summer shot and then you had the Christmas one right there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we just tell people don't put house plants on them. Uh, we had one person that went and and imagine my horror. Um, they went and they um, went to like a you know grocery local grocery store, like a Stop and Shop or a Price Chopper or whatever, and they um, um, and bought a, a you know house plant like a fern, you know whatever, like like from from a supermarket, right? Loaded with aphids and shit. 
They didn't know what they were doing. And they, they were total novice. They didn't know what they were doing, whatever, and just growing for the first time. Just bought this almost like, oh, I saw this and let's buy it like it's an appliance or something, right? And, we, and we're going to grow. Took a house plant, brought it home, and put it on top of the armoire. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't, let's, let's bring a bunch of aphids into the house, you know, and like they, they were from that plant, you know, it's like, no, 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 don't put plants on it. But you want to put picture frames on it. You want to put a candy dish, you know, that's fine. I don't know if you can see this one. I got a little bit of a glare going. Yeah, you can see they've got some stuff up top. Yeah, they had some stuff on there. Um, um, but yeah, so yeah, feel feel free to decorate it, put picture frames or whatever. But uh, just no house plants. Don't put a plan on it, please. <laughs> so that would be bad. Is the Aaron take on those in the back from the bottom? Yeah, so I was trying to find another picture, but I'll give up. Um, yeah, so the uh, the way it works, and we actually have patents on this thing, um, and that's actually one of the patents, the utility patent about the airflow and everything. Um, so what it is, is it's from the bottom. It's up on legs, and it's, like I said, an ergonomic design. So it lifts it up so you can pull up a chair and work on it. But also by being lifted up, the air intakes are on the bottom. Um, and so you can put it flat against the wall, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, you can put it against the wall on the back, you can put it against the wall on the right. The air exhaust comes out the left side at the top. Um, so you don't want it right up against the wall on the left side because you, you, you need that air exit. Um, but it, you know, it's passing through all the carbon filters and all that stuff. So there's no smell, um, but it exhausts out the top left, uh, and the intakes are on the bottom. So pool, you know, and basically warm air rises. So that's why the, the filters and the, the air exhaust and everything's at the top. So what it does, it sucks in cooler air from, from below, pulls it up, and then you have the internal fans whipping it all around and creating a vortex and whipping it up and the warm air rises and then evacuates out the top. Nice. So that's how, nice. that's part of the cooling process as well. Um, any filtration on those bottom? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. we have, uh, I forget what they are, how we you know how many micron or whatever, but yeah, we have filter screens on there and everything. Um, we, um, we're playing around with a couple with a little bit of new technology with some some interesting um, uh, new filters that we're playing with. But right now, they're basically just more like super, super tight, you know, like mesh screens. So airflow, but you know, keep bugs out and stuff. Okay, yeah. So, um do you recommend that these stay on like a hard floor or can they be used on carpet? Yeah, that doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's a good four inches up off the ground. That doesn't matter. That doesn't yeah, matter. And that's kind of where the filters and stuff were coming in because I know with me running my tents on, like I've got it in a carpet, I've got to have a little bit of a filtration on my input because the tent screens are nowhere near enough to get the dust and any of the other stuff that kicks up with carpet. So yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yep, 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 absolutely. So yeah, that's why we have those. Um, I don't know how many micron, you know, almost like Keith sifters, you know, like 100 micron screens or whatever they are. I, I don't have the measurement off the top of my head, but but you know, super fine screens to filter out. And and I, I tell people, actually, I just did a post. We have a, a Facebook group for for owners, um, just like a private Facebook group. We have uh, almost 400 people in it, and they're constantly posting pictures of their plans. And oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Oh, where'd you get those seeds? You know, and all like the owners are all just kind of like a like a user forum kind of thing, user group. And um, uh, it's a great group, good people. And um, and I post, I actually just posted in there about two weeks ago. Um, hey guys, don't forget to clean your filter screens because what they, what it is that the screens are in a, in a in a holder that they just slide in. 
bracket, you know, and they, they, yeah. they just slide in. So you can slide them out and you can hose them down, clean them off and then slide them back in. And I put posted some photos to show when you look down, it, it, the air intake is coming in. So the stuff is trapped against the bottom. So when you look down, you just see these filter screens and they look normal from the inside of the cabinet. Everything looks normal. You slide those out and you look at the back and I showed the front, like looks normal, showed the back. Oh my God, they look awful. They're filthy, you know, cause you have like that kind of you know, cat hair or whatever, dust and all that stuff. And it just drops up against it um, and it'll cut airflow, you know? So it's like, you don't have to do them often, but you know, every few months or so, you gotta just take them out and hose them down just to make sure to keep it clean, get good airflow in there. It's out of sight, out of mind. You can forget about them, you know? Um, so I actually just posted about that about maybe a week or two ago. Don't forget your air filters. <laughs> yeah, that those cabinets are definitely interesting. And they, I can see the major appeal for people getting in and even for someone like me introducing someone to growing because the, like I've got my own living soil. So the nice thing is, is I could go, okay, well, when you get your stuff, bring your pot over. I'll teach you how you do living soil, but we'll do my living soil. So you don't need to go out and spend all the money on it. You can learn it step by step with my bigger tent, stuff like that. And you can do the stuff at home, but all you got to do is water. Right. So right. It's exactly. So that's what I say. So you got growers who know what they're doing and have, you know, these big grows and stuff. And then you got the, you know, you know, Auntie Mabel comes up and is like, oh, I want to grow a plant, you know, and uh, can, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm smoking weed for my glaucoma. Can you, can you, uh, you know, can you teach me to grow? And you're like, oh, where do I even start? You know? Oh, the amount, get one of these. <laughs> yeah, the amount of customers that I get. Yeah. So I want, I'm looking at growing. Uh, what can you tell me about it when we're standing in the dispensary? It's like, Oh, okay. So the hours of the day are going to be gone. I could, where, where do I begin? Right. It's like, where do I begin? So this is a super simple, they just follow the instruction. We're here to support them. So you're like, Oh, go get one of these. And you know, at the end of the day, the whole thing, we didn't really talk about price and stuff. The whole thing is $1,600 all in. That's lights, fans, and box. Now it's, we even give you cloth pot. We give you the saucer. We give you the bamboo steaks. We give you, we even give you a freaking uh, power strip. We give you literally everything you need. It's not like, oh, we just need to go get a power strip. There's not, we give you light timers, everything. You get, you get the cabinet, you get two boxes. It comes in two boxes. There's the cabinet is in a box. And then you get the accessory box. Um, and, um, the accessories, like I said, the bamboo stakes and the trainers, uh, water meters, all that stuff, you get everything you need. Um, so you have no hardware to buy and at, you know, dispensary street prices, I'm not sure about where you are, but I know where we are. Um, dispensary street prices. I mean, this pretty much pays for itself in one grow. I mean, you, you get five ounces, four or five ounces in your first grow. It's paid for itself. Yeah. Depending on depending on how the person is smoking, it would be one to two grows and they would have it paid off. Absolutely. Yep. Like it's, yep. it's especially if you follow the protocol and like the, how easy it is to go to a hydroponic store and get a pre-mixed soil for super oh, yeah. soil. Yeah. Worst, lowest common denominator um, you can get pretty much everywhere in the country is uh, like a Fox Farms ocean forest. Um, there are other soils regionally that, you know, we, what we do is we recommend different soils. We're like, well, if you're, you know, here are the soil. Now there are things like, um, Vincent out in California loves Keystone recipe 420, loves it. Um, gets great results, loves it, but you can't get that outside of it's in the Southwest. It's basically California. And I think one other state, California and like Arizona or something, it's, it's a regional local thing, you know, that 
Um, and um, it's an organic soil. So, you know, there's all this stuff about shipping across state lines and stuff and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, um, so they have their permits or whatever. It's only for like two states. So if you're in uh, Michigan, we're not recommending EB Stone, you know, but up in Michigan, get Michigan made mix. Get your M3. Um, M3 is a good soil. Um, works great. Um, you know, so there's certain ones that, um, uh, you know, we've got a list of five or six different soils that you can get, you know, that pretty much covers most people. And at worst case, pretty much anybody can just Amazon order. I don't care where, how rural out in the middle of Bufu nowhere. Well, then just Amazon orders, uh, you know, if you don't have any hydro stores, there are places where, where home grow is, is, um, you know, all like states uh, are going legal one by one by one by one by one you know now as i think we're up to 37 states now that have some form of at least medical if not rec and you can home grow or whatever um but if you're in one of those prohibition states out in the middle of nowhere or whatever and you don't there are no or you just went legal state that just went legal and there's just no infrastructure yet they don't have hydro stores in every corner and all that stuff yet you know go on amazon and just order it and have it mailed you know ocean forest fox farms done um it works um there are other like i like others better michigan made mix i like better um but it works and i've grown lots of plants in in ocean forest you know it works so with me being based out of canada have you guys looked at any of the products up here that are exclusive with these cabinets or have you been just Um, exclusively with the u.s products so, so we've mostly been in the U.S. We, we are uh, we're going into Canada big this year. Um, that's going to be changing, um, but uh, but up to now, you know, launching we're, we're relatively relatively small entrepreneurial business. You know, launching. So uh, so we, you, you start one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. You know, and then build and scale and grow it from there. So um, we um, so I'm much more attuned with the U.S. market right now. Um, but, um, but I will probably be very well versed, um, both North and South of the border by this time next year, you know, um, we're, we're going into that. We had to make a few changes to be able to ship the product in, in Canada and everything else. And, and that's just about all done. We're going to be shipping shortly. Oh, that's, that's awesome to know the time and time to get you on was perfect. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're doing it now. We have product, we have product coming out, um, this late probably late spring like just a couple months oh, um that, that that will be shipping everywhere we're yeah. excited about it yeah um one soil that if you are looking for canadian ones that i'd recommend would be the gaia green living soil so okay. they're going to be an organic but they are canada wide and it is gaia green is kind of our big um organic producer for what a lot of people utilize and it's it seems like a lot of people who use Gaia Green have followed Mr. Canucks Grow. He does YouTube content and he's got a protocol using it. And a lot of Canadian growers have gone to him for um, learning from. And so Gaia has just taken the advantage of it and really blown up that way. And they do a great job. Like any of my clones, anything like that, I usually use the living soil for myself. So with your guys' cabinets coming into Canada, that would definitely be one yeah, to I look at for the support. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks. I just wrote that down. I know this is like really, really random, very random, but um, you know, it can be a small community at times. Do you know, uh, do you know, Miss Nudie grows? That's her kind of handle on, on uh, YouTube and, and Instagram. I am She's sure I have seen her stuff, but I, I don't think I follow her exclusively, but I know I've recognized the name and I know I've seen some of the content she's put out. 
Yeah, yeah. The uh, she's part of there. There is a podcast, um, a weekly um, growing with my fellow growers. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, I actually helped start that about two years ago. Um, and then um, uh, other people took it over and run. But it's a panel discussion about growing home grow um, that runs every Sunday live broadcast for about an hour or two. Um, and uh, I know she's involved in that. Um, she's out of Canada. Uh, but yeah, we're doing, we're going to be, uh, this, this year, 2022 is, is going to be our, um, our Canada debut, really pushing into Canada. That, that's going to be fun to see how these, how these are taken, because especially with like, we've got uh, Toba Grow right now, they're battling with the government of Saskatchewan to get recreational cannabis legalized there, because they're one of the few provinces that when federally we went legal, they decided, yeah, no, you guys don't need to home grow. Right. Right. Yeah, it's the same it thing here in the U.S. Like, like, like in California, California as a state, just California ha- is like got the ninth largest GDP in the world. Like it's bigger than most countries. Right. I mean, it's a massive state. And it was it was amongst the first to go legal. I mean, people have grown there forever. Right. So a lot of stuff, you know, the Emerald Triangle and all that stuff. Right. Everything come out of California grows and everything else. Um, and uh, and they, you know, they're a full rec legal state. Um so you natural assumption is, oh, you, oh, you're living in California. Oh, so it's legal. Actually, it was something like 60% of the residents of California do not have access to legal pot, like 60%. It's because it was, um, you know, like, like you said, although it went state legal, they left it up to individual cities or counties in this case. And they were, they were just dry counties or a lot of them. So a lot of the more rural and suburban counties were still all dry counties with no pot shops and, and, uh, and no home grow. And um, you basically, it was all the, it was the big cities. It was San Francisco, Oakland, LA, San Diego, you know, but in between all that kind of just more rural or suburban areas in between were still prohibition areas. Um, There's actually, it was big news. They just something like 10 or something. I I forget, don't quote me the exact number. It was only 10 or 12 counties like this month have just um, opened it up. So now it's starting to become more pervasive, but it's like, really after this, all this time, but yeah, there's, there are counties now that have just opened up in California. That is crazy. Like I, I knew there was a process, but I didn't realize it was still that much of a process within like California and a lot of the, the other States. Yep. Yep. Where I am, I'm in Massachusetts near Boston. I'm in Massachusetts and um, uh, we're, we're, rec legal state we got pot shops all over the place but the town that i live in right that i'm broadcasting from right now um there's no, no pot shops they, they voted no that was on a town not counties but on a town by town basis yeah and that's it's the same with with where i am i'm alberta and that's where what's surprising is population wise we're not second highest in the country i think we sit fourth or fifth overall for continuous population but we have the second largest cannabis industry in our in the country <laughs> right. interesting interesting and we and we're competing with ontario which is the equivalent it, ontario is canada's california they're our major economy we've got toronto we've got ottawa there's some really heavy entertainment industries over there that bring in a lot of money um They've got Ontario as a whole has the largest amount of brick and mortar cannabis shops. Alberta is sitting at two thirds of that. (laughs) 
Yeah, wow. Actually, that's why Miss Nudie Grows is out of uh, um, Edmonton. Yeah, so she's two and a half hours away from me. I'm I'm two and a half hours north Edmonton. So that's interesting that she's based out of Edmonton. That's funny. Yep, yep. Totally random thing here. You a hockey fan? Yeah. Yeah, all right, all right, yeah. Same here, same here. Of course, Bruins, right? Yeah, Um, you're not going to like me too much. I'm a Leafs fan, so. (laughs) That's all right, that's all right. That's all right. I, uh, but I play too. I play a couple nights a week and um, I've gone to Toronto. I've never been out to Alberta uh, anywhere, uh, you know, Edmonton or anywhere out there. Um, but I, uh, I've played in Montreal and I've played in Toronto uh, yeah. quite a few times, both. Um, yeah. Fun stuff, fun stuff. Yeah, Weed I, and hockey, <laughs> but they don't go together. I made uh, that mistake once. <laughs> once. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I refed, I was officiating junior hockey and you'd be surprised at how well it goes together with them. I would prefer a lot of them have cannabis and alcohol. Oh, well, yeah, that's a general, <laughs> that's a general truth. I've always said I'd rather run into a stoner in a dark alley somewhere than a, than an alcoholic. <laughs> oh, exactly. Stoner, oh, you might end up going and getting something to eat. Yeah, exactly. alcoholic, but, you may end up fighting for something. <laughs> I, I had a uh, hockey tournament. It was a, t- a competitive tournament once, and I smoked. And it was hours before I thought I'll be fine. I smoked and I got stoned, but it wasn't fine. I got out there. And I was like, "Here comes the puck." I'm like, "Fuck it, he'll get it." <laughs> I played defense. My partner's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, uh, "Sub." <laughs> this so this half of the ice is not my half either. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just take this corner over here. You got the rest. You got that's you're good. You're good. <laughs> like, oh, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> funny stuff, funny stuff. Um, yeah, well, I appreciate you having me on. This was good. Um, so anybody's interested, um, it's Green Goddess Supply, www.greengoddesssupply.com. Uh, three S's in a row, two S's for goddess, one more for supply. So it's a long URL. Um, but uh, check it out. We're on Instagram at greengoddesssupply.com. Um, and um, I have a grow page on Instagram. It's called GGS, the Green Goddess Supply, GGS underscore home underscore grows. Uh, GGS home grows. Um, check us out. And uh, uh, we've got a lot of content on, uh, on the armoire and, and especially GGS home grows, just all about home growing in the armoire. You know? So uh, lots of content and uh, very active. Yeah, I'll make sure to link all those down below for you guys if you do want to check that out. Thank you very much, Eric, for hopping on with me. This is a fun conversation. It was, I'm really, really interested in these in these armoires, and I'm excited to see them pop up into Canada to help introduce the growing to the community because we're with us, we're three working on four years with our federal legalization and with Saskatchewan, not Saskatchewan, but Manitoba being held accountable for getting that rec grow coming. I think we're going to have a huge boom for new and starting growers. And I think there'll be definitely a a market for these up here. 